this is a continuation. If you're not getting better at variety, uh, variation, and task transition, then you have to consider, are you under the best program and doing the best program and um, falling into uh, just mediocrity in what you're doing? You have to look at variation improvements. Are you adjusting better? Are you becoming better at the concept of variety? Um, are you becoming better at task transitions and everything that goes inside of that? So to recap on that, to add that in, what's the general characteristics of the best program? People are moving towards autonomy, athletes are. There's more volume in the program over time. There's moderate absolute strength improvements. And people are getting more efficient, not only improving capacity. Now, what does the program look like? I'll be very simple with this. Uh, Monday and Thursday are easy aerobic days. Monday and Thursday. They can be multiple variances. You can improve skills on those days. You can want to constantly add volume to those over a lifetime in a career. You want to make sure that those, those Monday-Thursday days act as blood flow and movement as well as an improvement of aerobic sustainable skills. So whatever you put on the Monday and Thursday, it has to contribute to those two things. Increase in blood flow and an increase in volume of particular skills of aerobic ability. So those days you can get to the point where you're doing, let's call it, you can, you know, you want to <clears throat> you want to be able to look at that program and say, oh, in the morning I do swimming and burpees, and this is a Thursday, you know, Monday and Thursday. In the morning I do swimming and burpees on the deck, and lunch I do a 60-minute bike while juggling, and then uh, in the evening time um, I go for a 20-minute run um, after supper with my dog. Do you see how, you know, some can look at that and go, ooh, really cool, three workouts in a day, three Metcons. Ooh, what's your Metcon time? Did you put it on the whiteboard? Instead, those should be goals and standards that people should shoot for over time, where what looks like a workout is actually just a piece of recovery. Okay? It's just a piece of recovery. And... That should um, be on Monday and Thursday forever. Okay? Now, you can go up and down in the work that you do. You can add, you know, seasonal things, cross-country skiing for those Scandinavian folks and Canadians in the, in the wintertime and maybe people in the northern latitude or, I guess, far south. Anyways, you get my point. Um, maybe it's a skill improvement of swimming and biking together. Maybe, uh, you're scared shitless of running, thinking it's going to make you weak. And you think that, you know, running 400 meter intervals on your, um, curved treadmill is going to make you elite. <laughs> Sorry, I find that funny that people still think that's the case. Um, oh, 400 meter, you know, repeats in my my class, um, and I'm, I'm really good at running. Uh, no, you're not good at running because you can't make running aerobic. As 
besides the point for another time. Put that down as a note to discuss that. Um, Monday and Thursday is easy aerobic work. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to do two pieces per day. We're just calling it two pieces, breaking up into two different portions. Saturday and Sunday, you can block these together and have like a little sit-down kumbaya, 30 minutes between pieces or 45 minutes, whatever. The whole concept of having Friday, Saturday, Sunday is bulked in three days is to get people overall prepared in rhythm for competition. So you could, you could play this argument out. Would it be much better for people if they only wanted to prepare for an open but have the opportunity to prepare for a weekend competition, what would you do, right? You would obviously, if it's not obvious to you, you need to think hard about this, you would obviously just um, get them on board with understanding how to do three days in a row. And for those, why three days in a row is so important because you'll recognize that some people based upon a week and then two weeks and three weeks and four weeks and five weeks, six weeks of training, they can't handle three days in a row. So what are you going to do? You're going to pull back the reins a little. You're going to do smarter training. You're going to you're going to wave it, right? High one week, low the next maybe. You know, you're going to slowly progress over time and then you're going to get them on the pathway in 3 months and 9 months and 7 years of being able to handle a Friday, Saturday, Sunday easily where they essentially make the sport aerobic. They make the sport sustainable. I'll make I'll put that in the words there so people don't get jammed up on the physiological mechanisms of aerobic activity. They make the sport sustainable. You give me anyone that can handle multiple pieces on Friday, Saturday, Sunday for weeks and weeks on end, you got yourself an athlete. So if you're like, oh yeah, I got an athlete who does that. But, you know, twice a year they have these injuries or twice a year they get burnt out and they come up with these, you know, asinine conclusions around their diet issues. Or the squirrel, you know, got to chase another program. That's not consistency. So I'm qualifying this as a Friday, Saturday, Sunday with a bulk amount of training. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday... So the first day of those three days in a row on the weekend and Tuesday and Wednesday, I would prefer they be two sessions. Those sessions should be broken up around six hours apart, mainly because it fits into lifestyle, but also to allow proper uh, effort per session. And that will uh, accommodate for a whole bunch of Monday to Friday lifestyles and weekend, you know, off concepts for the student, for the uh, vocation for the uh, athlete alone, right? Um, that'll fit in anywhere. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there should be two, sometimes even three pieces um, done on those days. And Saturday and Sunday, you can put them all back to back. So make your goal of having a three to four hour training session on Saturday and Sunday over time. And in between those, the closer you get to competition, you can come in, you know, get prepped, do a five-rounder, rest 45 minutes, do a max ladder lift, rest 30 minutes, do another seven-rounder. You know, that's your Saturday. You come in on Sunday, first event, chipper, you know, rest an hour, 
um, chipper, you know, with some heavy loads. In. I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? That's what, <clears throat> that's what it looks like. Why? Because it resembles the frickin' competition. So the question has to be asked, well, how often should we repeat what the competition looks like Friday, Saturday, Sunday? My answer, every fucking weekend. Every weekend. I don't say you got to go guns a-blazing every weekend, but it has to feel and look like that every weekend. And the closer you get to that, the easier the competitions will be for them. And it also, of course, paces. Paces how much you give, how much you put into it, etc. I like Sundays too. I mean, that's a whole other conversation for another time. Um, why Sundays? You know, the simple answer, because I've never known a competition on a weekend that didn't have events on Sunday. So that just answers that, right? No matter what you want to come up with um, in your uh, personal beliefs, um, what scripture said, etc., I don't care. I don't give a shit. I honestly don't give a shit. Um, and that means I won't listen, but I don't give a shit. You know, when are competitions? Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Out. Right? It's like saying, you know, it's like, anyways, you get my point. Just why go on by, by you know, and maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here on the concept of Sunday, but people freak out when they have to do shit on Sunday. Well, guess what? Your sport is on Sunday. And that may actually be a nice little diversion of who's in and who's out. Doubles? Why doubles? Well, you have to get the circadian rhythm response of the dose response of two times in a day, you know? Um, and you're going to do it on the weekends because it may work for a lot of people's lifestyles, i.e. you can do 8 a.m., noon, and 5 p.m. On, on Saturday for sure. There's no problem. You can't. There's no reason why you can't do that. Um, otherwise, I would just say in best practices, clump them all together in a three- to four-hour session and, and learn how to get really good at that because that's actually what is resembled at a competition setting. Um, I design also a number of competitions, and we consider getting people into those dose responses within, you know, five to six hours. Um, you know, so take an example, all the teams may go up until 1 p.m., and then from noon until 7 p.m., you have all the individuals, just as an example, right? So look at that. That's noon to 7. That's seven hours, you know? Get three tasks in in seven hours. That's it, okay? And what I'm saying is that I think you can train in three or four hours on a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and get a whole bunch of shit back to back and take care of all that and uh, get everything you need to get done, skills and et cetera, okay? Um, now, what is inside of these training sessions? This has to be, this has to be generalized because remember, I want to come up with, well, what is the best program and if we were to follow, if we were to all scrape the best systems and say, what is the program and what it looks like? These are the things that are inside of all these sessions. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, These are the things. You have a bunch of effort placed upon dynamic resistance contractions. So a kettlebell swing, wall ball, Power clean, touch and go, um, uh, sled pushes, farmer carries. Um, actually, those two would not be sled push. Would be not farmer carry. Um, 
dynamic resistance contractions, okay? With the goal of making them aerobic and the goal of not inhibiting strength. That's the goal of doing dynamic resistance contractions. When you do power clean touch and goes, when you do kettlebell swings in a Metcon, when you do wall balls times 800 on Monday afternoon, your goal to do those is to make them aerobic and to not inhibit strength continuing. That's your goal when you do them. So if you're like, well, I still don't know what to do on what day, just get started with dynamic contractions with resistance and see if it affects the up or down in your absolute strength capability. That's a very simple way, okay? Do a back squat double every Friday and then put your shit together for weeks and weeks on end. And is that back squat double feeling harder every week for the next five weeks? Then you have to do a whole bunch of shit on your lifestyle and, of course, in the program design to be careful of this dynamic resistance volume that you're doing. Second, there is dynamic upper gymnastics reps with the goal of increasing muscle endurance and the goal of shoulder maintenance, shoulder health and shoulder maintenance. That's inside of all the programs. You're trying to improve muscle endurance as a skill, right? For the layman's terms, the AMRAP of dynamic upper gymnastics, right? That's what you're trying to improve over time, along with shoulder health as being the subheading of that. What else is inside of this, which makes up the majority of your training? Mixed modal combinations and get really good at all of it. Cyclical plus body weight plus resistance. The goal of the improvements is to get good at variation and to increase pace over time. So that could be a strongman piece plus a salt bike plus an isolated gymnastics, right? So stone to shoulder, uh, flywheel bike, and handstand walk. Metcon, right? The whole goal is to improve on the capability of variety and to increase pace of those mixed combos over time. I'm being very simple on that. Now, this is a really simple way to look at it, super simple way. You do a couple of minutes of those every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And over time, if I was to look at the best programs, there should be slightly more as time goes on. Slightly more. And then the more and more years you build up, let's take that for people who are like, oh yeah, right. So then after seven years, you're working out five hours a day. No, no. If you then get to five or six or seven years and you're lucky enough to keep your shoulders and joints and not have to use exogenous hormones to keep you going, then you're basically taking a three-month or six-month or nine-month inventory of volume and you're doing more in that period. I hope that makes sense. So yes, the goal will be to do more over time, right, with variety in this mixed modal combo, but if your goal is to increase pace of those. Lastly, what is in the week? If it's not obvious, strength, speed, hard contractions. What is your goal inside of that training? 
to increase um, the, your absolute total strength over time, to increase efficiency of the movements, and lastly, to preserve the CNS. That's an important thing that people don't consider. Otherwise, we, we tried this a long time ago. You know, we tried the powerlifting program. It doesn't work inside of mixed modal. It, it makes people really tired. Heavy bench press, squat, deadlift, and metcons kills people. Um, a powerlifting program inside of a mixed modal program over a long period of time tires people out. It's a, it's a fact. It's a fact. Can you use principles of getting stronger to help novice trainees in the sport? Sure. But don't say it's the panacea for everyone. Anyone beyond two or three years in the sport is actually going to tire them out. But obviously, if you're beyond three or four years, um, you're not looking for these individuals as being coaches, so you don't need it. What you do need to have is someone with a pretty good knowledge of strength, speed, max contraction capabilities because it preserves the CNS. Just because as you work on it, you become more efficient with it, most of the tests are around the snatch and clean and jerk, and there's the odd thruster, front squat, etc., in a ladder or some other shape or form of a max contraction. <clears throat> and you can improve on your absolute strength by actually not doing absolute strength training. <laughs> Hope that made sense. Anyways, what's inside the week? Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I just told you. Dynamic resistance contractions, dynamic upper gymnastics reps, mixed combos, and strength speed max contractions. If you look at it for in like a, um, a you know 400 foot view, not a 30,000 foot view, you are doing snatch and clean and jerk derivatives two to three times a week. You're doing hundreds and hundreds of dynamic upper gymnastics reps that are put into multiple different you know either skill sessions or mixed combos. You're doing beyond an hour of total mixed modal combinations, right? A lot, of, a lot of good coaches do this. They'll add up the total time dedicated in the end of the week to see if they're actually adding total volume, doing more work, etc., right? That's in the week. Dynamic resistance, dynamic upper gymnastics, mixed combos, and strength speed max contractions. You put that together throughout the week. That is the program that has been done forever. Now you add the Monday, Thursday cyclical easy shit and you got yourself a program in which people can do work every day and easily get into a competition and participate. Or sorry, and, and, <laughs> and compete. I was thinking of not only participate and compete. Lastly on progression. Uh, the concept, if you have not heard of it, inside the best program for everyone inside a mixed modal is incremental normalcy. Now, this is a real, this is a tough one too because no one wants to fall in love with a seven-year program, right? But just I want athletes to listen up and say you should be searching for autonomy, going for what works best for you and what no works best for you over time. Meaning you know how to come in and design the programs. And you need to fall in love with incremental normalcy, small 
improvements over a long period of time. So what we want to have in this program is small jumps and increases in consistency. So when you start getting really consistent, you're always there. You're always coming back. A weekend away, you're ready to come back. You're hungry for the gym. You finish a competition, a couple of days to lick the wounds. You're back at it and you want to get better. Small improvements in your Snatch 1RM over time, that's what we're talking about. Small jumps. And improve on your consistency. When you, when you have that, that's the measure of progression. One of the measures of progression. The other one, I've discussed it already, but I'm just going through a list here to remind you. You have to increase muscle endurance in your AMRAPs, slowly but surely. That's, an, that's a hidden key performance indicator. Right? You, just, you have to be improving that, small amounts. Right? You also should be doing small improvements in absolute strength. Right? Litmus tests can be a press 1RM, back squat, weighted chin up, whatever. But those should be small improvements, not large ones. You should have stable body weight over time. Stability in body weight is a sign of incremental normal, normalcy progression. If you have massive shifts in your body weight, I mean, it's not, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But that could be a problem for consistency because you're not developing a metabolic adaptation. So the plus and minuses in weight changes over time should be very, very minimal. Now for a novice trainee getting in, you try to find out what weight is best for competition in in-season, off-season, etc. You know, that may be a couple of pounds here and there, but otherwise a stable body weight is a sign of progression long-term when we're talking, you know, a decade program. You should have slightly faster... Um, how would we say this? Slightly faster paces over time. And you can have litmus tests, retesting, etc. But, but you have slightly faster paces over time. So using a 12.3 as I talked about earlier. Um, hopefully if you get the first part of the program, uh, the podcast that works. 12.3 uh, could be a litmus. Right, 12.3 could be a litmus. Why not? Um, and they should be getting faster over time. Small amounts, but faster. And lastly, how do you determine progression? To look at what is the best program out there that could get you excited around just following this best program and doing your research to figure out what's inside of all those improvements is recovering faster between weekend events. Right? So if you compete you know, in your novice year five times in a year, um, the next year would you, where you compete five times, you should recover faster after each of those events. That's a sign that you're progressing. And that's not what a lot of people unfold and talk about. You know, There's a lot of chitter-chatter and these silos that talk about them having the keys to the best program in mixed modal. Um, and you know, first of all, I'm telling you they don't. But second of all, they do, though, but in principle, they're just not willing to discuss what is inside of it that dictates how do you progress people, you know? Because it's very easy to sell the fancy shit and the, and the uh, sexy shit, right? And therefore, people go, oh, if they're doing that, there must be a great program inside there. Instead, what we should be unfolding is how do you progress individuals effectively, 
And I think progression comes from that. Small jumps and increases in consistency, increasing muscle endurance, increasing in absolute strength in small amounts over time, stable body weight over time, slightly faster paces over time, and recovering faster between events.